Welcome to Grace to All. I'm your host, Paul Gray. You've probably used the word grace, sang Amazing Grace, or said grace at a meal. But did you know that God's grace is way better than we can even imagine, and that you and all people already have an abundant supply of God's unlimited amazing grace? Today, we're going to hear the truth about God's amazing grace to all people. So, sit back, relax, and prepare to be inspired and awakened to the amazing treasures that you already possess. This is truth that you can handle. Hello again, everybody. Welcome to another edition of Grace to All with Paul Gray. And I'm excited today. I have my friend Fred Young with me. Fred is just a few miles from me, about an hour from me. He's in Kansas City. Fred's a pastor. He's been married to Laura for 37 years, has a couple of adult sons, Todd and Tyler, three grandchildren. He's was a past has been senior pastor for 20 years at Eastside Church in Independence, Missouri, which is a kind of a suburb of Kansas City on the east side. Before that, he pastored in Aurora and Marshall, Missouri. He's a graduate of Baptist Bible College in Springfield. He does a podcast with Dr. Paul Carlisle called Safe Conversations. Like me, he considers himself a recovering legalist. He's a sports enthusiast, Kansas City Chiefs, like me, St. Louis Cardinals. He's also a fan of another school in Missouri that's part of a junior college conference. They they used to be part of the Big 12, but... (laughs) No, he's a he's a Mizzou Tiger fan. He's on Facebook and Twitter and lots of other places. We'll talk about that. But say hello and welcome to my friend, Pastor Fred Young. Hey, Paul. Hello. Well, I'm just thrilled to be with you. Thrilled to have you today. And I'm so impressed to see your office. Your books are all pretty much the same size and on the same level, and it's all clean. And (laughs) if I turn my computer around, uh, you'd see a well, it's not like yours, oh. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't, I don't have people coming in and out every day. So that's yeah. my excuse. So, well, Fred, as we always do, I like to start out by asking a guest, how is your understanding, your revelation of God's unconditional love and grace and inclusion? How's that affected your relationships where the rubber hits the road with your family, friends, people in stores you go into, things like that? Oh my goodness. It's so dramatically changed. And Paul, I would just say that it's kind of like the pressure's off is one way to put it, because I grew up in a system of teaching that, Paul, if I didn't witness to everybody, I mean, I was told that their blood would be on my hands. And mm-hmm. and when I stand at the judgment, those folks would yell at me, why didn't you tell me about Jesus? And so relationships was difficult because there was always this pressure. But I think the way it's dramatically changed for me, in the Kansas City area, there's these quick trips that are everywhere. Mm -hmm. I stop in them quite a bit. And Mm -hmm. I tell our congregation, when I stop in a quick trip and I'm getting my Diet Dr. Pepper, I see everybody in there as included. Mm -hmm. They're in Christ. They may not know it. They may not be aware of what Jesus has done for them and the, the life that he's offering them, but they're included. I used to think, it was us versus them. Hmm. I saw everybody in that kind of light. And now, you know, I just can see Christ in everybody. Paul, I don't even know how. It's a dramatic change. 
It is, isn't it? Even though we traffic in words, you can't really describe the change in words. But it does take, I like what you said, it does take all the pressure off. It's not like we've got to get them to say the magic prayer or sign a pledge card or something. Or even if I entered into a conversation for a minute or two, it was like, I have to ask them if they die today. You know, yeah. and it was awkward for me. I didn't enjoy it. I, I didn't like doing it. And yeah, me uh, either. now I can just be their friend Yeah, and see what God's doing in their life. And what, one of the neat things, Paul, is that what I've found is because they're all included, they're all loved by him. He's working in their life without me. And oftentimes just being in contact with them, all of a sudden God allows you to be a part of that. It just happens. Yeah, we get to partner with him and, and what he's up to. It reminds me of Henry Blackaby. Do you remember that? I do. Yeah, I took his course, gosh, 40 years ago or more. And, and the one thing I remember about it was he said, find out what God's up to and get in on that. Yeah. And uh, he's probably been dead a long time, but uh, I do remember that. Oh, I've got a little daily devotional by Henry Blackaby. Do you? Yeah. Yeah, I'm sure he affected lots of different people. Well, Fred, how did this come about? Because you said that uh, you were not taught that way. How did this whole understanding of grace and inclusion, unconditional love, especially as a pastor, and I know a little bit about your background in a denomination that or a group that doesn't necessarily hang their hat on those things. How did this change come about in your life? Well, I was uh, pastoring here at Eastside, had been pastoring for several years. I was tired. I was running from conference to conference to conference to conference, always afraid somebody was going to find out some magic trick on how to build churches, and I was going to miss out on it. Hmm. Even when we, every church, Paul, that I ministered to grew, we, we had success. We built buildings. Hmm. But it, two weeks after you hit a certain record number, you're tired. You got to chase after something else. It was all performance driven. Mm. So I was hungry and I was seeking. I asked God for something. I didn't know. I just knew that I'm tired. And I was at one of our, uh, our churches were independent Baptist churches. And I was at one of the meetings down in Springfield, Missouri. And I walked into a Mardell's bookstore. I had read all the authors. I'd read great authors like Chuck Swindoll and Charles Stanley and Max Licato and any book they came out, I read them. All of them good. I gained things from them, but there was something missing and I was just looking for a book and I pulled out this book by a guy named Steve McVeigh. Never heard of him. Grace Walk. I would have put it back, Paul, if it wasn't for a recommendation on the front of the book on this copy from Gary Smalley. And I knew Gary Smalley. And I, today, Paul, looking back, I think it was the Holy Spirit led me right to that book, led me to buy that book, and I couldn't put it down. Because Paul, in that book, Steve tells his story. His story was my story. Mm. It was my story in a lot of ways. Similarities were uncanny. I couldn't put it down. I had a mix of, I was so excited because somebody was speaking. And I was going, okay, this individual knows what I'm going through. But there was also this sadness. Hmm. I don't know. It was just this sadness that, my goodness, I've been missing this for so long. But eventually the, the joy just overcame. And, Paul, I went and bought everything Steve McVeigh had. And I just consumed it. And then from there, he mentioned Baxter Kruger. 
I never heard of these guys. And I got the shack revisited. Like you, I know you have said, that's probably the book you would have. Mm-hmm. Uh, wow. Well, eventually this led me to share some things with my church. And then that story just is sometimes even hard to believe looking back what happened. But that's where it all started. It's amazing. I've gotten to know both of those guys, as I told you before, and they're humble guys. They're both just blown away of how the Lord has used things that they've written and and videos and and messages and stuff to help people uh, all over the world. Just this morning, I was uh, doing a personal message thing with a a pastor in Pakistan who's on uh, Steve McVeigh's. He's part of Grace Walk. He's the director of, of Grace Walk. Pakistan, and he he's under a lot of pressure, and he has to uh, have a guard with him, you know, wherever he goes, and uh, protect his kids and stuff because of the persecution uh, environment there that we can't even relate to here. Right. Yet this guy uh, is helping influence people in Pakistan now because of he got Steve McVeigh's book, his first book, and some years ago, and struck up a relationship with him, and it's amazing how God uses us. And I think one day in the next life, wherever, whatever, however that is, we'll, we'll be able to see all these connections and how, where this came from. And we'll go, people will say to us, you said something and I'll go, or you'll go, gosh, do I remember you? Or, you know, it won't be like that. Yeah. But it makes it a lot of fun to see those connections. Yeah. Yeah. So how did that go then with your denomination and with your <laughs> with, with your church that was oh. if I remember right was one of the largest in your in your group of churches and it was the church was a good church when we came in 1999 about 600 attended and we had grown to we'd added about a thousand so we had about a thousand six hundred people that attended three services every Sunday we're good great but. To the side of it all, Paul, while I'm busy doing that, I can't get enough of this grace teaching. And I am connecting with so many people now, which I, the distant mentors through books, they would mention somebody and I'd run and get it. Hmm. (laughs) Or I'd go to a podcast and listen. So I did a series in 2016, I think called Extreme Grace Hmm. 1. I've done Extreme Grace 2. It was like 16 weeks. Really? And uh, there I preached us down from about 16 to 1400. Wasn't bad, but we lost a couple hundred people. But I was still so excited about everything because there was just this freedom. You know, I know everybody thinks their understanding's right, but to me, it was the Holy Spirit to my spirit. This is just it. So, uh, Paul, uh, I thought a great evangelistic opportunity was coming when Paul Young, the movie The Shack, I had read The Shack, I had read The Shack Revisited. I was so excited, Paul, to tell my congregation about why it's okay to go watch The Shack. So for two weeks, I preached on, I called it the attack of The Shack. Yeah. And I, matter of fact, if, you, if somebody goes online, and, or you can do it at YouTube, and, and it's the most, uh, there's three, 4,000 people have watched that message. I explained why it's okay for them to go watch the shack. And I said, here's what you're going to hear. And here is why I think it's okay. And probably there were many things outside of people just couldn't get past the fact that God was a woman 
and then idea of universalism. So I taught them why universalism was an orthodox position, even if you don't agree with it. You don't have to divide over it. Well, in the midst of the next two months, I preached us from 14 down to about 900. We lost Mm. about 500 people. Mm. We lost a tremendous amount of uh, financial resources, about 10,000 a week lost in giving. And then it just got nasty. It got uh, letters. Uh, I told you, uh, I got a letter from a guy that started out, I'm that retired special ops agent. Uh, I know people in different branches of government. I've been retained by a group of people to remove you from the pastorate of your church. I don't want to involve your family, but if I have to, I will. We got letters. They were from the IRS saying I was being audited and I owed hundred and some thousand dollars. And we found out that was a fraud. And we actually had to call the government and investigate that. So it just blew up and led to a couple of years of very difficult time and uh, just trying to hang on because we had followed the model I was taught. You built buildings and, you know, got everybody in and church growth. And, you know, now we had this big debt and not the people to carry it. And uh, it was a trying time. It was a trying time. But Paul, I knew in my heart, this was right. I was just, I told you, I was really pretty stupid. Just to be honest, I know I thought everybody else would be excited about it. I wasn't trying to do that. Yeah, I thought so too. I I just thought when I tell them this, they're going to run out and take their friends to the shack and they're going to be blessed by it. Boy, did I get it wrong. I felt exactly the same way. I was uh, set free and so full of joy. And so, uh, I I mean, it just to think that, wow, God really is good. uh, I thought everybody would want to know that and just go, wow, no kidding. Yeah. Uh, not so much. You, you took a shot that hardly any of us have to go through. Those were. It was trying times. And I, I did a series three weeks called Rethinking Hell. Hell became the teaching that was the most vocal. And uh, even after that teaching, we lost a few more when I just clarified. I was so excited thinking, hey, you know what? This idea that God's going to torture everybody forever where it came from and the medieval times and how this happened. The early church didn't believe this. Man, Paul, I, people want, they want people to burn it out. It just, it blows my mind. I was saying, hey, here's, this is a different way to look at it that actually is in line with the nature of God. <laughs> you don't have to have this dichotomy of this God loves me, but I told our congregation, if you don't believe, stop si- singing that his love endures forever. If you think that the moment you die, he turns against you, because I said, intuitively, we know this isn't right. Hmm. I think we do, but boy, they, they fought it. But Paul, some people loved it. Hmm. A good group of people loved it. We still have a really, you know, we're not where we were. We're still a pretty good congregation, and they're loving it. Hmm. And God's bringing in people. Wonderful. And you told me that a lot of them are younger people. They are younger. They have these questions. And when you tell them that God is just good and only good and always good, and in him is no darkness at all, it's just like this freeing message. It's like they're drawn to it. Well, who wouldn't be? Gosh, yeah, I remember using those same words with our group. I said, you know, we say God is good, and then the other people would echo all the time. But we'd always add, 
but <laughs> yeah, I know it. Yeah, you familiar with a book called Raising Hell? Yes. I interviewed the lady who wrote that. Fascinating, like you and like me. She's taken some flack, and yeah. uh, but you know it's worth it. I mean, I mean, I nobody wants to take the flack, but it is worth it when people do. When they get that revelation that God is good all the time, one person getting that is uh, worth a whole lot of people stomping their feet and, and going somewhere else where they can be unhappy. You can't go back. You can't yeah. go back. No. You, I, you just can't. And uh, so there's no question what we're doing, but we find it wasn't just that, Paul. There's another side to this story for me, and maybe if another pastor, this might relate or connect with them some way, but. My whole group of pastors that I had, you know, they were my family, as dysfunctional as they might have been, they were still my family of pastors. Mm. I was just ostracized. I, when I had lunch with you, I think since 2017, I said that was the first pastor I'd sat down and had lunch with for a couple of years. Really? Most everybody just walked away from me. And it wasn't just walked away. They were upset. They were upset about it, and uh, I was doing well in that group. And I'd spoke at national meetings, and served on a, some of the leadership, and they were like, "Man, you've heretic," and walked away. And I had to be called out. I mean, it was they felt like it was their job to call me out, whether it's on social media. Messages were done. I found pastors within the community, a larger community of independents, who I really didn't even—I don't even really know them. They were talking about it in their congregations, about this church that has now gone progressive was what we were called, just this new progressive Christian. And I'm like, you know, if you would just look with me in history, we're real traditional. <laughs> yeah, We're more traditional than you are. But that's how it came across. And so I, yeah, it was the price that we paid within the church. But it was also, we just felt uh, alone. There was nobody with us. Uh, I, I'm like, I've heard you say it. You're kind of wondering if there's anybody else out there, what's going on? Yeah, it's hard. There's no doubt about it. Fred, our time is uh, just almost up, but I, I sense we've got a lot more to say. So if if it's all right with you, we'll finish this podcast and we'll turn around and do another one that people will see a week later and we'll get more into the story. Sound all right? Sounds good. So yeah. before we stop, tell people how they can connect with you, where your church is, how they can find you online and those things. Our church is Eastside Church. You can find us online at www.eschurch.com. I'm also uh, Pastor Fred Young at Twitter, so I have a I tweet once in a while. And uh, uh, also, you know, I'm on Facebook. You can find me on Facebook, but that, that's the, the way to do it. And then, you know, we have a YouTube channel, so if you want to watch the videos of our church on YouTube, just Eastside Church. And uh, we're in Independence, Missouri. Uh, we're on the east side, you know, obviously. And, any folks out there that are is looking for a church, and I'm growing in it, Paul. I'm learning it. It's a whole new, exciting thing. But we are we're a grace church, and we're growing in it, and we're going, and we're committed. And there's no turning back. And that's so wonderful, Fred. And as I mentioned to you when we had lunch, I you know for the longest time, I, people would say, yeah, "Is there a grace church in Kansas City?" And I'd say, "Not that I know of." Well, I know of one now, and I can certainly ah, recommend great. one now and look forward to visiting myself. So we're going to close this episode, and then we'll uh, have another one for next week. So Pastor Fred Young, thanks so much for being with me today on Grace to All with Paul Gray. Hey, thank you, Paul. And thanks, everybody, for watching. We'll see you next time. 
Thank you for listening to Grace to All. For more about us, how we can serve you, and our special guest, please visit www.gracewithpaulgray.com. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast so that you never miss an episode and to join our Facebook group, Grace to All, where you'll be inspired and awakened to more truth that you can handle.